Hello and welcome. My name is Rosie Goldsmith and I'm director of the European Literature Network. I'm a journalist, I'm a broadcaster and presenter of the Europe Reader podcast, audio conversations with riveting authors from across Europe, part of our riveting interview series. You may already know my nickname, Rosie the Riveter, and our magazine, The Riveter, as well as our riveting reviews and riveting interviews, all dedicated to giving European writers the prominence they deserve. In this special podcast series, the European Literature Network is teaming up with Europe Reader, a groundbreaking digital platform initiated by the Slovenian Presidency of the EU Council, with the support of EU member states and EU institutions. Our joint motto is open a book for a better future. And our goal is to tackle the main topic of our times, the future of living. Through events and podcasts like these, we want to get readers everywhere, exchanging ideas, reflecting on the kind of world we want to live in and how literature can help. Find out more about Europe Reader by logging on to their website, europereader.eu. You can also read free books from each featured author in each EU member state on the website, both in the original language and in English translation. There are novels, short stories, poetry, comics, essays, and some beautiful picture books for younger readers. Each riveting Europe reader interview is dedicated to one author. And today, I'd like to introduce you to Anne de who is a prize-winning and very prolific picture book illustrator and storyteller from Belgium. Hello there, Anne. And first of all, I would say, is it true that you've illustrated 300 books? <laughs> Hello, Rosie. Yes, almost 300 books I, I made. <laughs> How did you do it? Well... I'm very energetic and uh, I love to make some illustrations and I love to be busy. So it's like a passion and then it's not working you do. It's just following your heart and the result is almost 300 books. <laughs> do you draw, paint, illustrate every single day? Yes, from morning until evening, even in the holidays, I take my work with me. And uh, in the weekends, I'm always busy. It's like a little microbe in your body and you have to follow it. It's a creative microbe. It's never going on holiday. So <laughs> I, I keep on working. And I've worked it out, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, that you are 65 now and... Mm -hmm. You were born in the Congo, Belgian Congo, mm -hmm. and apparently you were very talented at a very young age. So how many years have you actually been drawing? Whoa, from the moment I could hold a pencil, I think. <laughs> no, but uh, actively working as an illustrator, I do it now 30 years. I studied graphic design, so advertising. I was working in that uh, sector too, and also teached my students in it. But I have three children, and then my third child is born with a very uh, severe heart disease. And she has been uh, operated three times. She has almost uh, died 15 times. It was very severe. So I couldn't do those jobs anymore, and I wanted to be very close to her, to take care of her. And I had to find another job which I could do from home. 
I knew I could draw very nicely. So I took my portfolio and I went to an, an editor to try out if he was interested in me. And uh, when I came out, I came out with the first job. So immediately I had some work and it never stopped until now. Uh, my daughter is very fine at the moment. She remains a little uh, ill, but she's, she's doing well. But it does mean that you wanted to be at home, as you say, to find a career that you could carry out at home. To be very close to my children, because my son, son also has uh, ADHD. So all the three of them really needed a mother being home and uh, to look after them. It were some very severe years, but thanks to her, I'm now a well-known illustrator in Belgium. You mentioned and that your child has ADHD. The fact that you have ADHD as well, I know it's a difficult condition, but it has made you very productive and very prolific. Yes, indeed. So has it been a minor blessing for you, having it yourself? Yes, because um, in school, the teachers were very worried about my activity in class. And uh, I often had to, to stand into the corner because I was too active. But you see, on every bad thing, there's something positive, and that was my blessing. Also, I'm a very high-sensitive person, but thanks to my emotions, I can put those emotions into my books. And I think it's very important for children to read this, and I can mirror myself into the books. What drives you? Is it the fact that you just love illustrating, love drawing, love art? Or is it also the need to tell stories and to reach children and help them read? My main ambition is that I can put a smile on the face of the children. And when that could be my mission, to put a smile on each uh, children's face, I will be happy. Can you describe to me a, a, a typical image a typical illustration? Because I'm ADHD, I have to do a lot. And not only the common manner of drawing, but I try to make my illustrations in three different techniques. So I do make digital illustrations. I do also realistic paintings. And I make some illustrations in polymer modeling clay. So for the book, My Street, I used polymer modeling clay and it's a very unique manner in Europe. And it's also very complicated because uh, you have to put a lot of details in it and it's a challenge to obtain textures and structures and design with the clay, but then the picture comes alive. So it has a special effect uh, for children. There is a little, there is 3D, and it's as if it invites them to step into the image. It are little viewing boxes. The polymer clay, it's a kind of clay. You can bake it in the oven, and it becomes as hard as plastics. Then I make little sceneries of those little figures. I glue it on a big paper and then a photographer takes the uh, photo 
And then a little a, a slight touch of uh, Photoshop for little corrections. And so the, the whole book is uh, made of such sceneries. When you take one spread of the book, each spread is telling a little story about how a shop in different culture can look like. So you have, for example, some Arabian guy, you have a Chinese restaurant, you have a Jewish bakery, you have a Congolese, that's my little wink, uh, because I was born in Congo, a Congolese phone shop. Then you have a Belgian plant and animal shop, and you have an Indian night shop. And in each shop, there's a very, very little poster which refers to a street party. And then the end of the book, the last spread, is that street party. And everything comes together, everything and everybody. It's a mixture of colors, of uh, identities, of cultures, and everybody contributes to the party. So there's a connection between everybody. And it gives color to the city and everything comes alive and the children become part of the story by entering this illustration. Everybody who wants to see this picture book, this world you've created, Anne, they can look on the Europe Reader website because the whole book is there for everybody to, to flick through and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's called My Street, A World of Difference. Yes. What is the message of the story? The essence of the book is that everything and everyone can come together in a street party, in, in life, that, that everybody can contribute together to a better world. That's my essence. That's a great dream. Do you think it's actually possible? <laughs> That's quite dangerous to answer. <laughs> I hope, I still hope that uh, when everybody sees the goods of the people, it has to be manageable. Every children book tells two stories, the story of the text and the story of the illustrations. And it doesn't have to be the same. For example, when my author writes, there's a horse outside, you can picture a horse. But my job as an illustrator is to make some atmosphere, to make some ambience, to put some flowers, to put a little butterfly, to put uh, some grass fresh grass, um, maybe at the end of the picture you see some trees and you see a tractor and a, and a farmer. You can tell a story through the drawings, through the pictures. And then together text and illustration connect and give a, a broad sight on what's happening. When you were a child growing up, were you always drawing and making things with your hands from a very early age? Oh, yes, I was and not only drawing. But I remember I made a little donkey on the wall of our very new house. And my parents were very angry I did that. But they took a picture of it. So, so they always uh, encouraged me uh, for my drawings and my uh, creativity. The process you described of the, the modeling and the, the photographing and the, the long process for each page, it's very labor intensive. How long does it, it take to make one picture book? I'm quite quick, thanks to my ADHD, <laughs> but you could say a little month. 
in those books, when I put all those pictures, they weight about five kilo. All the spreads together, that's about five kilo. Because of the polymer modeling clay, that's quite uh, heavy. So you have to carry five kilos of your book <laughs> to the photographer. Then you have a nice, compact, much lighter book. Not many people would go to this amount of trouble, would they, to do this? No, indeed. That's because I think I'm the only one in, uh, in Europe uh, doing this uh, technique. It has a lot of success because I, I made uh, several books in that uh, technique and there's only one editor who edits this book, these books. So that works well for me. So the, the other techniques you use is say, digital, so using a digital pen, I imagine, on iPads. And Not even. I, <laughs> I draw with the mouse. Nobody understands that, that I do that, but I draw with the mouse on my pad. <laughs> of course, first you, you make some sketches with the hands on paper, old-fashioned, and then you scan them, and then the, the rest is all digital the colors and the little strokes, uh, brush strokes are all uh, done with uh, Photoshop. Then the realistic paintings I make are, are done with uh, acrylics, mostly on paper. And every illustration you, you find in my books are one-to-one. -one. It means that every illustration you see is made on that size. True to size. Yes, what you see is what you get. <laughs> what is the difference for you between art, your artwork, and illustration? Earlier, I kept it quite apart. I made lovely little illustrations for children's books, but I needed something adult. And then I started courses for uh, painting big paintings, two meters large because I needed that to balance the little cute illustrations. And then my editor visited me at my home and she saw some of my large paintings and she said, is that by your hand? And I said, yes. And then she said, wow, I want to make some books with you in that style and in uh, that technique. So then came a lot of books which I made with realistic paintings. And I love to do it. It's a very rich and full creative life, I think you lead. It is, it is. And as you asked me about my 300 books, all those books, there's never been one time that I had the same story. Every book is different. And that makes my job so beautiful. You live your dream. Every book is, is different. It's beautiful. Early on, when you started illustrating and working uh, as a storyteller, you started a whole series of books called The Heart Books. Which, yes, indeed. Which took quite difficult topics for children. Divorce of parents, illness of parents, that kind of thing, death of a grandparent. Tell me why you wanted to make these books, these informative educational books. So as I told you, my youngest daughter has a heart disease. And when she was about five years old, she had her third surgery. And I wanted to, to tell her about it because at that age, you're clever enough to know what's happening with your little body. 
And I wanted to be fair to her and to tell what would be going on. And I looked for books, but you could only find some books about a little boy who had broken his leg. And uh, the other one was about an appendicitis. And then I thought, but I'm an illustrator myself. Why don't I make myself a book? And the first book that came out in that series was, Will I Get Better Tomorrow? I don't know the exact uh, title in, um, in English. And that's the little story that we made together, she and me, the little everything what happened day by day, because the first one was so realistic. We'll do five books in total. And after those five titles, we do five more. <laughs> And after those, some years late, there came another one. Do you think it's difficult for children to accept such graphic stories? Is it good for them to be exposed to those problems? It's not a book you can put under the Christmas tree or you give for a birthday, but it's been very useful in the schools, in the libraries, to have those books because there's always a little boy or little girl suffering because the parents are divorced or because granddad died. All those little children have to fight with the reality. And these books give just a little light at the end of the tunnel. It's also my duty to tell them about life and how everything connects and and I hope that the little children can see that and can learn about it on a playful way. I notice from your illustrations in your books that you're very open to multicultural societies, helping children understand that and helping to depict tolerance and understanding. And I'm wondering where that inspiration came for you personally. Before this book, My Street, there was another one, My Family. It had the same size. It also was with a polymer uh, modeling clay and my family told the history of my family or your family from the prehistoric time until now. Uh, that was quite a big success, that book, because I even heard that people use that book in uh, history lessons. Is there a political or social message in what you're doing? Certainly not political. It's very important that I never put something about politics or religion in my books because everybody is free to feel and to think what he wants to. And I don't want to influence people with my opinion about it. But it has a social intention that when you, you look at the bright side of everybody, everybody can contribute to a, better, to a better society. That's my goal. Anne, I know that Belgium has a fantastic tradition of children's books and of illustrators. I've seen some wonderful ones, also graphic novels. So for a very small country, you're very productive. Do you ever have festivals or events together? We used to have them, but all those <laughs> illustrators are artists. And so they are all a little bit chaotic and it's quite difficult to organize <laughs> some uh, parties together. But we, we did have lots of them. And yes, due to the pandemic, there's not much contact, but we do Skype a lot or, or phone a lot. Because I don't see my colleagues as a concurrent. We, we are colleagues and that's refreshing. Here in Belgium, there's such a difference between all those 
styles of illustrators and it's very interesting to see what one story could be told by all those different illustrators. There's not no. one Belgian style. No, not at all, not at all. And I know that uh, Belgium is very well known for uh, not only for its chocolates but and <laughs> French fries, but also for uh, the illustrators of uh, children's books. Is it a good time for children's book illustration? There used to be a boom, but I feel that like now the last uh, years, the editors are quite careful in what they bring out. They prefer to go more on the commercial way than the artistic way, which is a pity because there's a lot of talent in the artistic way and it opens the views of the children. And I don't like that much the commercialization of the children book industry. When you look at the rest of Europe, how do you think that children's books are doing? Are they doing well? Is it a good time for children's books? I think it is because I think that the parents and grandparents want also they uh, buy some the books for the children. That that's maybe interesting to tell. It's not only for the children we make those books. It's also for the parents and the grandparents because they have to buy the books. So we have to please three generations, <laughs> you could say. <laughs> and I think at the moment, people know that when the child reads a lot, it gets intelligent or clever in the world and it opens their fantasy. And that's very important. That you want to encourage children to also use their artistic side. Yes, I think it's very important that they try not everybody is as talented, I know that too, but it's very important to be creatively busy because it helps later on to solve some problems on a creative manner. And I believe very strongly that you can find the roots in creativity. What do you do with all your little clay models and your <laughs> little rooms and houses that you create? Where are they? When I don't frame them, I put them in a kind of pizza boxes. So they are isolating my house. <laughs> I have a whole wall full of boxes, but most of the time I try to frame them and then I can sell them. So everybody is happy. People have an original and a bode at home. I gain some more money because it's very laborly technique and the editor never can pay the work I did for it. So everybody's happy then. So you can insulate your own house. It sounds like a good thing to do. What do you think about projects like the Europe Reader Project and this idea of opening a book for a better future and finding ways of living and sharing ideas through books and literature? Is that something you approve of? Fully. I'm fully behind it. I prefer to read books and to sniff the books and to, to smell the books and to read the books, to touch them rather than play uh, computer games or watching TV. There's such a big world in those books and it also expands their own fantasy. And it's with fantasy that they can stay strong in the world. I also notice that you've got lots of art books on your bookshelves behind you, Anne. And I do want to ask you, who is your artistic inspiration? Well, do you have a little hour? <laughs> 
there are lots of painters or artists who um, had a very big influence for me. But when I have to choose one, I think I would tell about Berthe Morisot. She's a French woman artist from uh, the Impressionist time. And what I admire was that she was, in that time, women had to be at home with the children and making food, the dinnerance, everything. But she painted. She had the advantage to, to be from a very rich family, so she could paint the whole day. But what I, I love in her work is that she used very strong brush strokes, and I love it. I'm very happy to put the names of Bert Morisot and of Anne de Borde in the same sentence. Wow! <laughs> two wonderful female artists, and it's been fantastic talking to you, Anne. And thank you, thank you very, very much for telling us all about your book on the Europe Reader Project, which is called My Street, and everyone can enjoy that. My name is Rosie Goldsmith, and thank you for listening to today's riveting interview podcast, dedicated to those riveting European authors participating in the Europe Reader Project. You can follow Anne de work and all the authors and read their books for free on the Europe Reader website. You can access all our riveting interviews, past and present, on the European Literature Network. This is a special riveting interview podcast for Europe Reader. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.